what you are going to hear this morning may not be a typical Christmas message, forewarning. <laughs> uh, but uh, it has been, it's been on my heart for a while, and so I really want to share that with you uh, this morning. We're going to begin by reading a few scriptures, and uh, then we will, I'll share some things with us this morning. So let's begin. I want to read, first we'll read Genesis, a part of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. This very first verse in the Bible. Well, let's read a part of it. It says, in the beginning, God. We'll pause there. Then I want to read John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Let's read it together. Let's all read it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. I want us to read a couple of verses from Luke. We're going to read from Luke chapter 1, verses 34 and 35. They'll be up on the screen. We're going to read it together. Luke chapter 1, verses 34 and 35. Let's go. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. That Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. This morning, I want us to spend some time just talking about the Son of God. But I want us to approach this in a different manner. I want us to step out of our realm, the realm of time and space, and step in to the eternal realms and journey from there as we talk about the Son of God. So as I go through this message, uh, I will just be referring, I will be talking to you, I will not be quoting scripture, but the, all the scriptures that I'm referencing or basing things I'm saying on are in the sermon notes. So I'd encourage you to go and use those notes if you want to uh, uh, you know, get the scriptural backing for everything I'm saying, because I, I just want to compress it and give it to us in about 40 minutes or so. So I won't be mentioning the references, but a lot of what I'm saying is based on scripture and it's available in our sermon notes. So let's step into the realms of the eternal. We read the scripture in the beginning, God. But let's step into before the beginning. Because the beginning references the created realms, the realm in which you and I live. 
But there was before the beginning. And before the beginning, there was God. God was before the beginning. And he was the cause for the beginning. So I want us to go back before the beginning to get an understanding of what the scriptures reveal took place before the beginning. So we want to go before the beginning. What does the Bible reveal to us about God who was there before the beginning? What happened? There are several things the Bible tells us about this God who was there before the beginning. This God is eternal. He always was, He is, He always will be. The Bible calls Him the eternal God, the eternal King, the everlasting God, from everlasting to everlasting. This God was self-existent. He does not depend on anybody for life. He exists by himself. He has life in himself. The eternal, self-existent God. This God was infinite. There is no measure of his attributes, of power, of wisdom, of love. It's infinite. So the scriptures say, His understanding is infinite. Other scriptures try to communicate it like this. You are very great. Great is our God. That's all the language we have to say that God is infinite. There is no measure. In fact, the prophet Isaiah said, To whom shall you liken God and with what comparison can you compare him with? Because there is no measure to his infiniteness. This God is a God full of wisdom. He has all wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. This God is a triune God. God, One God in three persons. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. One God in three persons. Co-equal. They're all equal. Equally God. But one God, three persons. The Bible reveals that this God is full of glory. Glory is the very nature, the very essence of who God is. It's the expression of His attributes. And the glory of God is so precious, God says, I will not share it with anyone else. And each person of the Godhead, the Father, the Word, the Spirit, carried the glory so that they could fully represent the Godhead. This was God. This God was a God of love. There was love in the Godheads. There was relationship. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. There was love. There was community in the Godhead. And the relationship in the Godhead was defined by love. This God is the God of life. He's the source of eternal, immortal life. The God kind of life. This God is light. The Bible says that he dwells in unapproachable light. And as we read from John 1, in him was life and that life was also light. This God was the great I am. 
God dwells in the eternal now. He lives outside of time. That's why he says, I am. He is Alpha and Omega. The Bible says for him, time is immaterial. It's irrelevant. Time and space is irrelevant to this God. He lives outside of the realm of time and space. That's why for him, a day is like a thousand years or a thousand years is like one day. Meaning, don't bother me with it. It doesn't matter. And before the beginning, this great I am stood at the beginning and at the ending of time as we know it. Because he is the great I am. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And the Bible says that he declares the end from the beginning. So he stood at the beginning and at the end. And he declared everything in it. The Bible says, known to God from eternity are all his works. And so in the mind of God, before the beginning, the Bible says that he finished all his works before he even started. God completed everything before he began. It's like the architect who draws up blueprints. And imagine an architect drawing the blueprints for a very complex building. He goes through every floor. He goes through every room. It's all done in the blueprint. And as far as the architect is concerned, the work is done. And so in the mind of God, the Bible says, God completed the works even before he began. He is the great I am. So before the beginning, what did God, what did the great I am complete? And you find all of this revealed to us in the Bible. First of all, you find that this great I am decided he was going to have a family of people, of sons and daughters whom he would love and who would be loved by him. The Bible says he chose us before the foundation of the world that we should be in him holy, accepted, without blame, in love. So he decided that he was going to have a family of sons and daughters that he would love and be loved. And so you can imagine the great I am, the Father, the Word, the Spirit, designing all of this. And he decided I will be their father. They will be my sons and my daughters. But as he saw through time, and he decided that he would create these people, sons and daughters, as free moral beings. He saw through time and he knew there would be a problem. These people, as free moral beings, would rebel against him, would sin, would commit high treason, would give away what he entrusted to them away to the enemy. He saw it. And you can only imagine the Father, the Word, the Spirit saying, what next? What do we do? And the eternal word said, 
There's only one way for their redemption. I will become your son. And I will go down to the earth as a man. And I will become the lamb of God. To redeem their sin. And that's what the Bible says. That he was a lamb of God even before the foundation of the world. So in the mind of God, Calvary took place even before the beginning. It was done. So the lamb of God would come. And because of his work, those who would choose to believe in him would then be adopted as sons and daughters and brought into the family of God. So God would still have this family where he would be a father and they would be sons and daughters. And then the Holy Spirit said, I will work with the eternal word as he walks on the earth as the son of God. I will anoint him. I will empower him. I will enable him to become the Lamb of God. To offer his life as a sacrifice on the cross. I will raise him up from the dead. And I will be the spirit of sonship. Who will dwell in every person. Who receives the Lamb of God. And as God saw through time. He said these people. Whom he foreknew. He said, I will predestine them or I will determine that these people who respond to the Lamb of God will be conformed to the image of my Son, the Son of God. And he said, let's write their names down in the book of life. So the book of life was written even before the beginning. And your name was written in it before. The beginning. That's why the Bible says the book of life, which was before the foundation of the world. Even before God began, the book was written and your name was in it. And God said, I'll go one step further. These people whose names I have, they will inherit my kingdom. I will make them my heirs. And I will make them joint heirs with the Son. I am preparing a kingdom for them. And the Bible says that there is a kingdom that was prepared for you and me. Even before the foundation of the world. And God said, this is the plan of the ages. And the Bible says this he hid as a mystery in himself. A plan that only he knew. That he kept hidden with himself. And the apostle Paul as he writes later in the New Testament. He says that mystery has now been revealed to the church. But God kept that as a secret. And that mystery was decided even before the beginning. What a privilege to know that you and I are sitting here. We have on our lap a Bible that unveils this mystery. Which in the mind of God was determined even before the beginning. Amen. And so there's a plan that God held. Just within him. The plan for the ages. Was already conceived. And completed in the mind of God. Even before 
the beginning. All the work was completed. It was done. And then came the beginning. In the beginning. But before the beginning, the work was completed. So what happened in the beginning? God created everything. And the Bible tells us that God spoke the worlds into existence. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were framed and all the hosts of them by the very breath of his mouth. He just spoke and things happened. He commanded and these things came into existence. The triune God worked together in creation. What was conceived in the Godhead, the Son spoke it and the Holy Spirit brought them into existence. The triune God worked together, creating everything, bringing these things. And the Bible tells us that the invisible attributes of God are revealed in His creation. Just like the skill of the artist is expressed in his painting. The glory of God is revealed in his creation. Amen? Now, somebody may say, how do you know there is a God? How can he say there is a God? Look at all the evidence around us. Look at you. Look at people. Look at creation. That is God's evidence to you that he is there. Would you ever look at a painting and say, I don't believe there's an artist? Would you ever listen to music and say, I don't believe there are musicians? Would you ever drive in your car and say, I don't believe there is a car manufacturer? Why? You're handling the evidence. Look at creation. How can you dare say there is no creator? Because the invisible attributes of God are revealed in his creation. In creation, we see God's limitless, unending, infinite power released in creation. Georges Lemaitre was a Jesuit priest, Catholic priest. He was a mathematician, he was an astronomer, and he was a professor of physics. And for the, he was the first person in 1927 to come up with this idea that this expanding universe could be traced back in time to an originating single point to which most physicists agree, they call it Big Bang, that there was a single point in time when things began. And it started out from something that was extremely dense and hot. That's all they can say. But here's what physicists tell us took place in a fraction of a second, not one second. 
but 10 to the power of minus 32 of a second. He said, this is what actually happened. In that small moment of fraction of a second, so much energy was released that caused the universe to suddenly expand by a factor of 10 to the power of 78. In that small fraction of a second. What they tell us was this. If you take an object that was just one nanometer. In 10 to the power of minus 32 of a second. That one nanometer suddenly expanded. By 10.6 light years. That means that one nanometer suddenly became 10 to the power of 17 meters or 62 trillion miles in that fraction of a second. Where did that power come from? I know. God. God. And this universe continues to expand. He is this limitless great God. Worship team, please come. He is this great God. And the universe continues to grow and expand. God is infinite. And to get a sense of infiniteness, what does infinity look like? Think about his creation. Just as the artist expresses himself in his work of art. So God has expressed in his, his infiniteness in his creation. The observable universe. That means the universe as far as we've been able to know it. The distance from the earth to the end of the observable universe. One side. You know how big it is? Scientists tell us it is. 46 billion light years. That means the entire diameter of this observable universe is about 93 billion light years. Talk about God being infinite. This God is the God who upholds all things by his powerful word. The Bible tells us that everything is being held in place, is being sustained, it's being regulated by His powerful Word. Now, you know what the physicists tell us? They say there is dark matter and dark energy. They call it dark because we don't know what it is. 85% of all matter is dark matter. That means the matter that you and I deal with is so small. It's a very small part of this universe God created. And this universe continues to grow. Continues to expand. And they say if it was not for the dark matter. All the galaxies would not be in place. If it was not for this dark energy. This unknown 
energy that we know. It's there, but we can't, we can't describe it. This universe will not be the way it is. So what is this unseen thing? The Bible says, he upholds all things by his powerful word. I believe it's that powerful word of God. Look at the wisdom of God. Astronomers tell us there are at least about 100 billion galaxies. And in each galaxy, they don't know for sure, but in each galaxy, there are a hundred billion stars. And which means that there are about one billion trillion stars in this observable universe that is about 93 million light years. With one trillion billion stars, the Bible says, look at the infiniteness of God. He says, hello, I measure the heavens with a span. I know the stars, I can tell you their number. I count them all and I give them all their names. The infiniteness of God and his wisdom. This is our God. This is the God of the Bible. This God is light. At any given moment, the sun emits about 3.86, 10 to the power of 26 watts of energy. One sun. And there are one trillion billion suns. The Bible calls our God the Father of lights. Amen. This is the God of the Bible. How great is our God. I want us to take a moment just to pause and worship Him. Amen. Would you like to do that? How great
So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This great God. And what he created expressed who he is. And then God created man. He put man on the earth. The first Adam. The first man. He created him as his, as his own son. That was God's plan. But Adam and Eve sinned. Plunged the entire human race into sin. Subjection to Satan. Corruption set in. Things began to deviate from God's original plan. But it didn't surprise God. This was not a surprise to God. Because the work was finished before the beginning. And the Apostle Paul writes that God gave it up to corruption because he knew he was going to redeem everything back. In order to have sons and daughters who would freely choose to worship him. That was what he was after and he is after. So even though Adam sinned and, and, and the whole world plunged into corruption... With wickedness and sin and all kinds of things. God spoke to people through the prophets. And then at the appointed time. The eternal word became flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. As of the only begotten of the Father. The one who was co-equal with the Father decided to come to the earth as a man and walk as the Son of God. The eternal word became the Son of God. And this infinite God so full of wisdom and power laid aside all of that and chose to come in what could be contained in a human body. And he was born of a virgin. He limited himself to a human body. Now here is a mystery. When a baby is born, half of the genetics come from the mother, half come from the father. So they do a blood test and you can tell if there's matching. You're the father. But when Jesus was born, he did not have a biological father. So what about his blood? What about his DNA? The angel came and said to Mary, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And that Holy One who is born of you will be called the Son of God. 
the son of God. His blood is different from the blood of every other human being. I don't know if you, done, if you had done a DNA test on his blood. What would you have found on the other half? I can only say it was divine. He was human, but he was divine. What would divine DNA look like? I don't know. But his blood was different. The Bible says his blood, therefore, can cleanse every sin. So, the son of God, the eternal word walking on the earth as a man. The many things the Bible talks about his life on the earth as the son of God. Very interestingly, the Bible contrasts the first Adam with the son of God. The son of God was called the last Adam. The first Adam was created with the intent of being the prototype for the rest of mankind or humankind. But that prototype got tarnished, became defective. So God said, I'll send another prototype and this prototype is the last Adam. I don't need another one. That's why the Bible refers to the son of God as the last Adam. The first man was a man who sinned, who fell. So God needed another man. The son of God is called the second man. And this man walked in complete obedience. He did not fail in anything. The first man was natural. But the son of God is called the heavenly man. He lived from up down. The first man lived from his senses. But the heavenly man lives from heaven down to the earth. Very, very quickly. How did the son of God walk on the earth? He walked in a way to reveal the father. When somebody comes and tells you, I am so-and-so's son, you kind of watch him and say, hmm, yeah, he talks like his dad. He walks like his dad. Hmm, I can see his dad in him. That's exactly what happened. The father was revealed to the son. The Bible refers to him saying that he was the exact image of the father. So if you and I want to, in, to some degree, Understand God. Look at the son of God. Don't look at somebody else. Look at the son of God. The son of God. He walked in the intimate presence of the father. He lived, in such, a he lived such a life that he was in close communion with the father. He rested in the father's love. The same love that they experienced before the beginning, he rested in that love. He walked in obedience to the Father. He walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he walked in such a way 
that he destroyed the works of the devil. Demons trembled when, they, when he came into the room. They said, we know who you are. You are the son of God. They recognized him. He withstood every temptation that the devil threw at him. In fact, Satan's temptations were right there to, to question his sonship. If you are the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. If you are the son of God, jump from the pinnacle of the temple. Questioning his very sonship, his identity. But he didn't. He was not shaken. Jesus declared that he was the son of God. And people couldn't understand some of the things he said. He told people, before Abraham was, I am. Excuse me. Before Abraham was, I am. Could you repeat that please? <laughs> Only he could speak like that. As we heard on Sunday, the prophet said, thus says the Lord Jesus said, verily I say to you. He was the word speaking to them. Amen. So he spoke different. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He spoke differently. To his disciples, they received a revelation of who he was. And Peter said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, now, you're right, Peter. My father has revealed that to you. You could not have got that information from anywhere else. And this son of God completed the work of redemption. He was the second man who never sinned. And so he could represent the rest of humankind on the cross. He took upon himself all our failures. The first man plunged us into subjection to sin, sickness, Satan. The second man liberated us through his work of redemption on the cross. So he completed the work, the plan of the ages. And Paul writes, you know, if the princes of the world knew what God was up to, they would not have crucified the Lord. They would try to stop his plan. But it was a mystery. God said, I'm keeping it secret until... I get past this stage until the work of redemption is complete. And so with the help of the Holy Spirit, he offered himself as a sacrifice on the cross. On the third day, by the glory of the Father, the power of the Holy Spirit, he was raised up. He rose up triumphant, defeating every work of the enemy. Now God said, I can tell my secrets. So he began to reveal his secrets to the church. And the early apostles wrote it down for us. This was what God was up to all along. And you and I now get to partake in his plan for the ages. The son of God was raised to life and he's exalted. And he's glorified with the father and the spirit. So what does all this mean for you and me? And I've quickly and in a few minutes I've tried to compress a lot that the Bible has to say. But let's get down to you and me. What does it mean to you and me? First of all, the Bible tells us we must believe in the Son of God. 
Jesus Christ was not a great philosopher. He was not a great lecturer. He was not the founder of a religion. He was not a good man. He was way, way, way beyond that. The eternal word came into our world. He finished the work of redemption. That which God had ordained before the beginning, he completed. And today, the message for all of us is this. God invites us to believe in the Son of God. Why would God go to these lengths to do whatever he did? Because of love. If we could only understand how much God loves you and desires for you to be his son or daughter. That's why he did what he did. That's why he took the risk of creating free moral beings even though he knew they would plunge things into darkness. He did it all because of love. And that's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that whoever believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. And so we have eternal life through believing in the son of God. God offers eternal life. He is the source of life. He is life. And he says, the first Adam plunged you into sin. The first man through his disobedience brought sin, death, and curse into this world. But God says there's a way out for you and me. Believe in the Son of God. And you will have eternal life. That's what God is inviting you and me to do. And the life that we now live, we live by faith. In the Son of God. Believing in Him. But there's something more the Bible points us to. As sons and daughters of God. When we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We come into His family. And sons as sons and daughters. And He says. That the Son of God. Is the prototype. For sons and daughters. He says. My plan for you is for you to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. That was a plan he had before the beginning. And that is a plan you and I are partaking in today. So what is your purpose as a believer? To become like the Son of God. He is the last Adam. This prototype is perfect. And we are to be conformed to the last Adam. To live like the heavenly man. This is our purpose. That's why John writes, Whoever says he abides in him should walk even as he walked. That's our purpose. And that's what the Holy Spirit is working in us. We are being changed from glory to glory into that same image. We've been made heirs and joint heirs with the Son of God. God says, ah, this plan that I had before the beginning, it's now being fulfilled in you and me. He says, I've made you heirs. I've made you joint heirs. Help me usher in my kingdom on the earth. 
So what's our mission on the earth? We are here praying, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You are an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And you're here to usher in God's kingdom. God's unfolding, his eternal plan through your life. Your life has much significance, much purpose. And I want to close with this. The church's foundation is this truth that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. One day Jesus turned around to his disciples and he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter, most likely before he could think what he was saying, said it. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Peter, Jesus said, Peter, that is true. You didn't learn it from anybody. But my father in heaven has revealed it to you. And then Jesus went on to say, upon this rock, upon this truth that Christ is the son of the living God. I will build my church. And a church that is solid, that stands established on this truth. That Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. God incarnate. says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. The enemies of the church will try to fight this truth because it is so foundational. But Jesus Christ is the son of God. Amen. He is alive today. He does the same things he did back in the Bible. He hasn't changed. In him the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily. And in his name. Today people can be saved and receive eternal life. In his name sicknesses and diseases are healed. In his name the works of the devil are destroyed. In his name people receive healing and wholeness. He's alive today. Amen. So I want us to respond to this truth. Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. We're going to pray. First of all, I want to just give an invitation to anybody who has not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. From sin. Why did the son of God come? He came to save us. From what the first Adam. What the first man put us under. From sin. And all of its consequences. He came to deliver us. But we have to believe. In the son of God. And if you've never done that. I want to help you do it. I want to lead us in a simple prayer. And that if there is any person in this auditorium, in the balcony, in the basement, out in the overflow, if there's any person, you've never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, yourself, not in 10 different gods or 10 different names, but in the Son of God. If you've never done that, I want to help you do it this morning. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. So that you can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
receive forgiveness for your sins, receive eternal life, and be brought in, adopted as a son or a daughter of God. If you'd like that to happen to you, please pray this prayer with me. May you ask Jesus Christ to do this for you personally. This is your choice. I'm just extending an invitation for you to pray with me. Let's pray. If you've never done this before, but this morning you'd like to do it, to believe in the Son of God, in Jesus Christ, please say this with me. Lord Jesus, I believe what I heard today. That you are the Son of God. That you died for my sins. That you were buried and you rose up again. Come into my life. Give me eternal life. And help me follow you the rest of my days. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If there's anyone here, you pray this prayer with me for the very first time. We want to celebrate with you. Whether you're here up in the balcony, in the overflow areas, I can't see the overflow areas, the basement. But wherever you are, if you pray this prayer with me for the very first time, right where you are, could you raise your hand, please? If there's anyone here, you prayed this prayer with me this morning. I just want to see you, see your hands. Just raise your hand, please. I see one hand right up there. A couple of hands up on the balcony. God bless you guys. Anybody else? And the overflow areas, I don't know. But I see the hands that are in the balcony up here. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. Our greeters will come to you right where you are and give you a, a green bag that has some resources in it. So if you prayed this prayer with me this morning for the first time, to believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of the living God. They want to see you, want to celebrate with you. So make sure you please raise your hand. Our greeters will come to you. Give you this bag. In the bag, there are resources for you that you could use to help you grow in your knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There's also a card where you can just write your name and number and please hand it back and our, our greeters will come to you. Receive that card back from you so that somebody from the church will call you and tell you how to use the resources in the green bag. What we're going to do now is we're going to partake of the Lord's table together. We're going to thank Jesus for what he did for us on the cross. The Lord Jesus instituted this for us. He said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming your faith in what I did for you on the cross. That I died for you. I was buried, I rose up again. You're proclaiming the Lord's death, the Bible says. So we're going to partake of the Lord's table together. If you are a believer, you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you're most welcome to partake of this table. Our ushers will come and serve us. I request you to please hold these elements in your hand so that when, once everybody is served, we will partake of it together. But I also want this to be a time of healing, of miracles. This, what we are doing right now, is we are proclaiming that Jesus Christ died for us on the cross. 
and he destroyed every work of the enemy. And we are saying, I believe in this. Thank you. So this can be a time when you receive the full blessings of the cross of Christ into your life. When Jesus died on the cross, he not only died for our sins, but the Bible says he took upon himself our sicknesses, our diseases. The Bible says he became a curse so that the blessing of Abraham might be released upon us. The Bible says that on the cross, he destroyed the one who had the power of death. That is the devil. So this is a very powerful moment. As you and I partake of this, I want you to expect healing, deliverance. And if there's any need in your life, I want you to pray as you partake of these elements. Say, God, I know the blessing has been released for me. The curse has been removed. I want to receive it. So I want you this morning to extend your faith. We're going to pray in a few moments from now as we partake of this. But let it be a time of healing, a time of deliverance, a time of miracles, a time of God intervening powerfully in your life. Touching every heart, 
all please rise to our feet as we together we're going to partake of these elements and then we're going to, I'm just going to pray over us I want us to expect miracles I want to expect healing deliverance in this place so let's not do it as a ritual okay I've got to eat the bread and drink the juice no. let's expect God to do something I want you to expect God to do something in you for you if you need healing I want you to expect as you partake of these elements healing will come forth for you deliverance we're going to open up for a few moments of testimony so if a miracle takes place in your life and you know it for sure feel free to come up just run up to the stage and share your testimony this is what happened right now when I took part of the Lord's table if something happens in the course of the week and you know God did something make sure you share that testimony but we do this with expectation Father we sanctify these earthly elements Lord we invite the power of the Holy Spirit who administers to us the power of the cross the finished work of Jesus on the cross Father even as we partake of these elements we do it in faith believing in what Jesus Christ did for us and there is power in the blood that his blood cleanses every sin his blood breaks every yoke of the enemy and by his stripes we have been healed so father even as we partake of these elements in this place let there be healing, let there be deliverance, let there be victory, let the power of the cross be administered to each of us. Thank you. The Lord Jesus said, this is my body that is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread together. Lord Jesus said this is my blood of the new covenant that is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins this blood cleanses, delivers, redeems let's partake of the cup knowing what the blood of Jesus has done for us the authority of the name of Jesus I command sicknesses diseases to leave in the authority of the name of Jesus I destroy every yoke of the enemy I command oppressions to lift off of the minds of people every torment on your minds be released from it right now I believe God is setting people free
from oppression of the minds. And God is setting you free right now. Every spirit of fear, every spirit of torment, leave in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your healing power flow in the minds and the bodies of people here in this place. If you're receiving a miracle right now, I want you to just come forward, even as we are praying. If you receive a miracle this moment, just come forward. We want to see what God is doing in this place. So, Father, let healings take place right now. Let miracles take place right now in this place. Let injuries be healed right now in this place. Let miracles take place right now. Let backs, problems with the backs be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Just go ahead, receive your healing. Somebody with an ankle injury, receive your healing right now. Receive your healing right now. Father, also speak your deliverance, Lord, into the lives of people. Where there has been oppression, let there be deliverance, God. Oppression in the area of finances, oppression over the family. Let there be deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let there be deliverance in the families. Let there be deliverance from the, our finances, God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you. We bless you. We honor you. Thank you, God. Turn things around in the lives of people. Even as we pray right now. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Anyone here this morning, you have experienced a miracle, a healing. I just want you to come forward. I know we are not pushing this, but if you if you have received a healing, a miracle, something's taken place, just come right up forward before we close the service. I want to take your testimony. Check your body. It's like, God has healed me. God did something for me. Just come right up here to share what happened. What happened? been having severe pain in my right leg especially from yesterday I couldn't walk I couldn't move and I knew that God was doing something even while I was listening to the message God completely healed me as I was receiving partaking in the communion I thank God for this healing amen amen God bless you thank you anybody else Something happened to you right now. Something happened to you right now. And you know God did. Just come and share that very quickly. It's going to encourage the rest of us. God is doing something. Something. You had healing in your back, your ankle. Just just come forward. Or for somebody, you know, you've, you've had torment and pressure on your mind for a long time. And you feel that lift off. Ah, you felt that lift off. Just come and share that testimony. Just anybody here? Anyone else? Don't feel shy. Just come forward and share your testimony. Be close. Right after that. Thank you. All right. We're going to close. Amen. So do you believe in the Son of God? Do you believe That God is changing you and me. 
to become like the Son of God. Amen? That's the whole purpose of why we are here. To become like Him. We are in that journey. Amen? So let's continue on that journey. That purpose, that mission. We're here to see His kingdom come. What an awesome thing that you and I are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. To inherit His kingdom. He says, now, take it around the whole world. Amen? Let's close. Father, we give you thanks for what you have done. And what an honor, what a privilege, Lord, to be part of this. Sons and daughters. Thank you for the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit continue with all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, TV programs, publications, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcwo.org slash Bible College. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play stores.